<laughs> Hi and welcome back to Real That's Opinions. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> great. It settles right back into the, the groove of things. Real Opinions, but to be honest, I don't know when this is going to come out, but this is the la very last day of 2017. Shit. Almost, almost like it's planned or something. And we're, so we're just going to do a general overview of 2017. I suppose, yeah, but not the end of the year list thing, because I think we kept talking no, about no, no, doing no, the no. Yeah, I think it's just... What's the... What, rem reminiscing sounds too positive. We could just cover anything we missed that we didn't cover in depth yeah. normally, because we either missed it, or we were too lazy, or we forgot. In some instances, we had a podcast and forgot to talk yeah, yeah, about exactly. things that we saw. Yeah, no, we have done that several times yeah. now. <laughs> the reason the reason we just started recording is because I was we were talking beforehand anyway, but we just got on to me saying that oh, I find I've I've seen Justice League mm. now, like re, like in the last week or something. I think it is my least favorite film. Of it's not even close to my worst, but that's because I've seen some very. Oh, you have you have seen Justice League? I saw now. it the day, like the second day it came out or something. Yeah. Oh, I, I saw saw, for some reason I thought that you no, had no, no, seen I saw it as it well. The week it came out, but my my list like my uh, spoilers for our top tens and whatnot video that we do later. But my my worst of is populated by a lot of things like Bunny Man Vengeance and you know the the things that yeah like the films that no one else sees except yeah. for you. But... Yeah, there was <laughs> but... something legitimate in there that I oh the Dark Tower. And Baywatch, they were. The, right. There's no way that Justice League was worse than the Dark Tower. I would love for you to see the Dark Tower because I have no question in my mind that you would hate mm. the Dark Tower. But as I was saying before we even recorded, I've seen way less films than ever this mm. year, mm. like new films. We've been and busy working. I yeah, yeah grown up whatever. Stout. Whatever. People in nerd podcasts actually say they're like we're working on secret yes. projects. That's what yes. we're doing. That's what we're doing. Yeah, and because of that, it's I wouldn't say that the standards are higher. No, I, I would say that mine. Just I the... saw less bad films because I had to choose my films more carefully, <laughs> including Bunny Man. Well, because I had to choose my films more carefully because my my free time was limited. Yeah. So it's like I'm not going to see. I didn't see Fifty Shades Darker. Whereas if we were still at uni, <laughs> I might have done that just to. Just, yeah, just to I, review I, know, it or I get something. what you mean with that. Whereas now I'm like, I don't have the time to deliberately subject mm. myself to something that I know I'm not gonna like. See, in my way, it's almost the opposite. <laughs> you don't have the you don't have the time to not hate things. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't have the I don't want to go to an indie film no. or something like that because the ticket prices are so much now. I think I'd rather spend money on like something that I'm going to talk about with my friends than something that I'm going to be the only person that saw it and I might not even. Well, like my, it as my much. just my justification for things like Bunny Man Vengeance and whatnot is that I was paid to cover those. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. So you, can... <laughs> like, I have a reason. <laughs> but um, Justice League for me, it was just the fact that it wasn't. If I took that and Suicide mm. Squad. If I put the two and two together, I'd say that Suicide Squad is by far the worst yeah, quality definitely. out of the two. But there was something so just un just boring about right. Justice League that I I was rolling my eyes the entire yeah. time. Again, and it's it's one of these things where I'm not saying it's the worst film of 2017. I'm just saying that it was my least enjoyable experience because I just wanted it to end from the first. So you minute wouldn't say that the Mummy was the worst film you saw this year. 
which is what is apparently. I would say I would say. watch I would watch the Mummy three times yeah. in in one sitting rather than watch just the Mummy again, sits right in the middle of my list for all the you're supposed to hate it. It's like directly slap bang yeah. in the middle. Like it is like twenty five out of fifty or whatever. Mm. It made me like the Avengers more yeah. <laughs> because it was just crap yeah. Avengers. There was one joke that I did genuinely find funny. I'll I'll admit to that. It's right at the end when, I guess we're spoiling here, this relatively old film, but there's that bit where Flash mm. is pushing the car to save people, and then he looks, and he's like, yay, I saved everyone, and then Superman flies by right. with the house filled with people, and that, yeah. that was okay, funny. Yeah. Like, that was the Superman. And what he says to That the was, family. like, the Superman that, that should have been there from the start, so it felt kind of good. It felt yeah. It felt like proper Superman, and it was funny. I liked that bit. Yeah, it's it wasn't that it was like again saying it wasn't terrible. Mm. It was just so like white noise. Mm, mm. <laughs> the whole like I just zoned out for a bit. The thing is, is that I liked the Flash. Like, I liked I his they, powers. They have potential I didn't there. like his quips. Yeah, like like uh, no, uh, but I think he was the he was the closest to being like a person I could watch. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying that he was fully enjoyable there, and a lot of the quips were just annoying yeah. or like just generally not funny that's the bat signal that's your signal that one was yeah exactly it was just pointing out things <laughs> he was just like a child in a, in a cinema you know where like you go to see like a pixar film mm. and the kid at the front will point out that's that's woody <laughs> like yeah <laughs> it's like that's cute when a five-year-old does it it's not cute when a when a 21 year old guy is doing it or whatever and also, yeah, I just, I just think the Flash has the coolest powers mm. anyway. That that would be regardless of the mm. film. You're right, is that that one little moment was decent enough, but it was so close to the end. <laughs> you were gone I already. Just, I was gone. Did yeah. you see it for the two post-credit scenes? There were two? <laughs> no. Oh, right, which one did you see? Either? I switched it off the moment the credits ah, came. there were two. I didn't watch any. There were two. So the first one is Superman and Batman organise a race to see who's fastest, and they race through, through Smallville. And the second... The second is that uh, Deathstroke gets on a boat and arrives at a yacht where Lex Luthor's there saying, we need to form our own league. And then it kind of cuts away because they're going to form the Legion of Doom. See, it's just just stuff like that where I just... I have no reaction to it whatsoever. Oh, well, I get a little... Legion of Doom has Scarecrow in it. But it's not. Scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, it's going to be the DCEU. It's not going to be good. Scarecrow. Yeah. So so you weren't a fan. That was the the gist. No, I was not. And it just looked ugly. The entire it does look, the entire yes. thing looked it does ugly. look ugly. I don't know what company DC are using for their visual effects, <laughs> but fire them yeah. because it, it it do they just go to like the local art colleges mm. and just like. Throw I, money I don't, I don't the care what the anyone students. says. The special effects in Wonder Woman are horrible, particularly the green yeah. screen and and the entire the green screen. Well, the green screen in Justice League is not as bad, but it's still bad. Yeah, but you're right. Wonder Woman was worse by far. The the, the effects are just awful. And anyone who who says that Patty Jenkins was like the the reason that that film worked, no. No, I don't think anything was the reason no. that that film worked. It's just it did. It just... It's, it's its greatest virtue was that it didn't do much as terribly as the other DC. Yeah. It wasn't that it did anything particularly well. It was just that it didn't. It didn't do until Aerie showed up. It didn't do much wrong. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but even then, it did when Aerie showed up. It didn't fail. 
much. <laughs> yeah, much. <laughs> uh, but I think if you saw Dark Tower, you would be amazed. Because I haven't read the book of Dark Tower, so I'm not, like, precious about... The... You haven't read all seven books yeah. of Dark Tower, <laughs> you mean? <laughs> it condenses the whole thing into an hour and a half. And it's, it's just amazing, because there is literally no element of a story that gets enough time <laughs> devoted to it. Like, just nothing. It is, like, such, like, bare bones. So, like, they go to this fantasy world. You learn nothing about it. They do nothing there. Then they leave and go to New York. The 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 final... They, they learn about the villain's plan 15 minutes from the end of the film and go, like, we need to stop this. <laughs> and then go in for, like, a 30-minute a gunfight. That is for like the, the supposed to be like the climax of this epic tale that's just rushed into an hour and twenty minute film, yeah. and it's it's amazing. They talk about like how wide and open this 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 universe is because it's got like a multiverse thing going. But they only ever go into yeah, two... and it's why it's the central of all like Stephen yeah. King stuff. They, they, they go it? into all of his work. they go into two dimensions. Each of them, one of them's <laughs> Earth, one of them's the normal dimension. <laughs> so like all that's gone. There's, like, all the lore that they just completely, like, cut aside. So it's, like, I don't know what they were trying to do. Because, like, yeah. like if they were trying to bring the, the epic universe to the screen, they didn't. If they were trying to tell a compelling story, they didn't. If they were trying to set up <laughs> any of the characters, they don't. If they, they don't even have time for proper action scenes. They just don't do anything because they can't. Mm. They're just like every, every scene feels like a scene they're trying to get out of the way for an, to get to another scene that never comes. Right. It's just a, it's just like a whole film of stuff they have to get out the way yeah. that then leads to nothing. <laughs> it's, 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 I've never seen a film feel more insubstantial. So so like <laughs> worthless and like just just nothing. It was great. I think you should watch it. Interesting. I find that like people often say like, oh, how did this get made for really terrible films? And I'm mm. not saying it's not bad, but I get more interested in like some studio films. Why did why did Dark Tower get made? Like like why said, did it get made not... that way? Why did it get? Yeah. Made? Why did they go do the whole thing in an hour and a half? Like, why not just not do it at all at that yeah. point? Like, either do it or or don't. Why, 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 like, like at that point, it feels like they're begrudgingly making it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like they don't want to, and they're just like, yeah. all right, do it real cheap and real quick. Like, I don't, like, either... either... But then why would you hire Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey after <laughs> he's just won, like, Oscars? The, the, the closest to character development that arrives in the film is a 20 minute no 20 minute no that would be good a 20 second <laughs> flat like when oh, i say right. a flashback that was a big difference tw a 20 second fragment of what i presume was a full scene that's a flashback for idris elba and it, it's like right. you know like in suicide squad when you get scenes that were obviously full scenes yeah, now yeah, condensed yeah. down that there's only one of them and that's the closest you get to, to any kind of development of anything whatsoever. <laughs> it's wonderful and you should watch it. I probably will, just if only because of how short it is. Mm. Like, if you were to say it was two hours, then mm. I wouldn't. But because it's, what, 80 minutes? I was yeah, shocked. Then... I kept looking, like, because we were watching, obviously, we were, we were, I wasn't watching the cinema because I waited until, like, a couple of weeks ago. 
And so throughout, I was just pressing the time button on the on the <laughs> PS3, like looking, going, "How are they going to finish this? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, because like it's fifty minutes from the end, and I like they're not, they're nowhere near, right, right." <laughs> and then I find out that it's because in the last ten minutes, the villain goes, "I'm going to do this," and then kidnaps a kid, and then Idris Elba just shoots him, and that's how it ends. <laughs> That's, that's just that's it. I decide. I, I've looked up the UK 2017 film release. We are going to get to Star Wars, by the way. Yeah, that we'll, we'll do that last because I think that'll be the thing we talk yeah. about most. But yeah. I've skipped through a lot of it because, uh-huh. um, like January's just Oscar films that we've already talked about to death from like last Oscars. Yeah. Like yeah. so, La La Land. Uh, we could talk about La La Land again. Moonlight. You want to love. You love talking about Moonlight. I know. I never saw well, Moonlight. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna saw. skip through and just bring up stuff that you yeah. might want to have talked about. You said that you watched. Was it the founder? And you thought it was all right. Yeah, that was that was probably my biggest surprise. That was of February because because yeah. I um yeah. I honestly expected just the most generic biopic in the world. Yeah, no, that's and exactly it, what I expected. To 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 be fair. It kind of is. There's no like big twist or anything that does mark it out as different. Mm. It's just it, like is... it hits all the same story. Yeah, so it's just it's got yeah. a deceptively interesting story. Like there is just good material in that story, and I liked the central character. They do a sort of Mark Zuckerberg thing with him because at right. first it feels like he's gonna be more more like someone from say like the the guy from the Imitation Game where they. He's a jerk, but they humanize him a little. But by the end, he is like worse than Mark Zuckerberg. He is like just oh, awful, <laughs> and it made it made it compelling. It made it compelling because yeah. they didn't they didn't try because it's from the guy who made Saving Mr. Banks. So I assumed they were going to oh. really sanitize it because in Saving yeah, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Banks, like everyone's nice and everyone's friends, and even though there is a yeah, conflict, everything, everything's perfect and technicolor yeah. and wonderful. Even though yeah. there's conflict in Saving Mr. Banks between um, the writer lady and Walt Disney, they're they're mm. still quite nice to each other, and and it's yeah. it's every everyone's great, everyone's great. But in you had no, there was no like. Dark underlying tones, yeah. don't you? or like it, it, you never suspected that they weren't going to end up best of friends. Yeah. Whereas the founder, they they do not shy away from showing him mm. being how he was, and and it was just an interesting story, and it was well made, and there was just there was some good writing. The only my biggest problem with it was the score. It was written by Carter Burwell, and it's the most like the name doesn't ring a bell. He's not good. That would be why. Like, if you <laughs> Google him. He's like done some decent films, but his music in those films is always really. It's just it's just bad. It just does not sound good. It's not like that it's ill fitting or that it's generic. It's that it's just unpleasant to listen to, <laughs> and 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 it was the same here. And it made it. It made the music made it feel like a lifetime movie. Right. It was, and that that was my biggest problem with it. But I would I would honestly recommend it. If nothing else, just because I thought the story itself was interesting, mm. just the actual material that was there for them at the start. Yeah, no, I I was pleasantly surprised by it. It's not great. It it doesn't deserve to have been in an Oscar race or anything, but it was yeah. it was an enjoyable, fun film. It was fun. I was never bored, and I would watch it again. I think I wouldn't go out of my way to. For me, it's the category of like if you're on a plane movie. Yeah. Yeah, but like, it'd be a good plane movie. The, yeah, 
Yeah, be, that's be, is that it's not the kind of thing that you've watched like five seconds it, of them. It was about as good as no, maybe a little bit better than the Imitation Game. Okay. Oh, like, right. Like, okay. Yeah, or, or or I don't know, Dallas Buyers Club. Mm. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I just want to clarify that we don't think the Imitation Game was that great. No. For both. It, it of was, us. but it was entertaining. Like, it wasn't. It, boring. Yeah, it, it did. Was, it did its job. Yeah. It just yeah. didn't. I like. I've I've since what rewatched it because it we. Because it's British, so it's on English TV. Like mm. they play it once a month, some, some for some reason. Yeah, and it's just fine. Like I don't need any. I don't need to watch it again. The 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 best yeah. part of the founder is the the business stuff, right? Because partway, so he's the way it sort of works is he buys the rights from the guys to set up a couple of other chains of McDonald's around the world. Yeah. Um. He's like, look, if you if you let me, I'll sign this contract and I'll set up other McDonald's around the world and. I will stick because they had really strict rules about what they wanted. They didn't want to like sell out, so they, they, <laughs> right. it was really it's really weird hearing it like now. Yeah. But like they had really strict rules about what they would do, what they wouldn't do, because they were like they wanted to preserve its integrity. And he was just like, "No, we'll do this. It's <laughs> faster. It's cheaper. We'll get more money." And he's setting them up around the world. Like he buys buys land and then finds. Rather yeah. than looking for businessmen, he looks for like people who have just got married and want to support their families and have no have no means to do that because he thinks they'll be driven to doing it properly because they have right, to support that, their that's family. Interesting, yeah. So, so it's kind of like, like Wolf of Wall Street in a way. There, yeah, yeah. He finds like down on their look losers who've got families to support, and he's like, "You can right. run this. You just pay me some of the money. You know, yeah. I get a cut of the of the take." But then partway through, he bumps into this this like lawyer who says, "Look, you're doing this all wrong. Like, this isn't how you get rich from this. What you do instead of instead of taking cash from from the McDonald's, you're not in the the food business. You're in the real estate business. That's what no, you do. That's genuinely one thing I yeah, knew about McDonald's before. Like you you buy the you talk about you buy the land and then yeah. sell them the land to build the McDonald's on. And and from there, he becomes the richest man in America. And that, that all of that stuff was really interesting. And it's mm. not... And the film executes it well with a good script and good actors. So I just remembered, actually, the other flaw with it, besides the music, was that it, it's the same flaw that a lot of these biopics have when we talk about them. When it's focused on the business stuff, it's thrilling. Yeah. When it goes to his home life... It's like when the film just stops mm. for very generic um, yeah. domestic yeah. drama. And I, d- I don't know the way to get around that with which the social network doesn't do. Yeah, but I think that's because it focuses on him being a bit of a sociopath. Yeah. More than more than just really generic family drama. A lot of these kind of biopics is that they have a really interesting story, but they don't think that they. They can carry it just on the story because you need to give character to people. I yeah. think the easiest way to do that is to make it very generic. It just means that loads flop because they're just boring in places. Mm. I'm trying to remember what other stuff came out this yeah, year. Yeah, let's move on from talking 10 minutes about that. Yeah, <laughs> that about biopic that from, from, the <laughs> from the Logan? beginning of the year. I'm, I'm on March mm. and it's kind of like the stuff that popped up around the release earlier this year, which is... Uh, the the semi award show that we did on oh, the yeah. YouTube channel, yeah. which is like so it's like Kong Skull Island and Logan and things like Get Out. Skull Island Get Out was, was good though. Get Out was good. Logan's my film of the uh, year. Is it? Well, my non La La Land film of the year. Depending on yeah, where La La yeah, Land okay, falls, yeah. it's it. Logan is my not La La Land film of the year. 
Did you end up watching Raw? No. At all? No. That was the cannibalism horror film that came out this year, which I don't think you would like it. I got that. Imp- I got the impression that it looked that it looked distinctly like a foreign, pretentious art house horror film, and a lot of them are really gory and extreme. But it doesn't stop them being pretentious and boring, and that was the impression it, I got. I wouldn't say it's fully pretentious at any point, but I wouldn't say. I think it it, it treads. The reason why it's popular, I think, is and it, and it seems to be quite popular anyway, is because yeah, it, it treads the line between slightly indie and slightly B-movie, mm. in that it does do go it properly into the cannibalism, but it also slightly does the indie stuff. For me, it was just a case of where it just fell right into the middle of the both, mm. to the point where you just think, just pick one. And, <laughs> yeah. and it just means that it's, ultimately, it's not satis- fully satisfying as a horror film. And as an indie film, it wasn't satisfying either. Mm. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That was really good. I like it a lot. I've seen yeah. it so. It's probably the film I've seen the most this year. Just oh, really? Because, well, because Naoma will not stop watching it. It's <laughs> okay. it's just on all the time. And then sometimes my dad wants to watch it, so I've just involuntarily watched it so mm. much. But it, I still enjoy it, and I liked it. it up, up until a point, I was enjoying it more with every viewing. Because I think that its its character focus pays off more in the long run, whereas the first one's a fun adventure movie. Mm. It it means that subsequent viewings you don't get extra from it. Whereas this one, because of its character stuff, because everyone has an arc and a, and and because of the emotional conclusion, I think I actually prefer it just a little bit more to the first one. Also, yeah. it has a decent villain. It has a it has a decent yeah villain. no yeah I think for. It's exact. I'm exactly in the same boat as you in that. Yeah. I think I prefer it for its character development and for its villain, uh, which uh, the villain was obviously a negative point in the first one. Yes. But if I would have to like, I would say that the first one is better made. Like overall, I'd say in what pace, way? I found the pace. Made. I I just I think that the story was more concise. I it think was definitely more the, concise. It, I think it was be- like, I think it was more, not restrained. I, I think, more. More, I know you like kind of stri- not streamlined, but it's just that it 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 felt leaner. Like it just uh... yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I mean. You can cut this bit out where I fumble <laughs> the words. No, I won't. It's it's great. We're just where we're trying to get up a thesaurus or whatever. It's, the first one's funnier. But yeah, that that was and that was a big thing. So the first one was funnier. I think that it used its music. It was just better in the first one. Not just the tracks, but I think the the utilization of it. Because even though Brandy in the second one mm. is a really good callback for that, I remember sitting through the intro sequence for that uh, Mr. Blue Sky, mm. and it just it does it feels bloated. And when it comes to the jokes, it feels bloated in tiny bits. It has my favorite musical moment of the year, apart from potentially La La Land if we're counting it. <laughs> yeah, which is which when is... they when they play "Come a Little Bit Closer" during the with the arrow flying around. Oh right, around. okay. That, yeah. that's probably my favourite action scene of the year, actually, is that but again, prison but escape. I'm, I'm, so I'm still on the same boat as you, that I think that it is better than the first one. Yeah, well, that's good. And I, th- I think somewhere in the middle ground, there is a best of both. Would you like, say it's the best MCU film of the year? Would you tell me what other MCU films came <laughs> out this year? Uh, Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, it's better than that. Thor Ragnarok. Oh, Thor... Yeah... I'd say it's better than that. Okay. Would you disagree? Yeah. I think Thor Ragnarok's my favourite MCU movie since 
Iron Man 3, probably. Mm. Which, for, for listeners, is probably where they just close now and just go like, because this idiot, <laughs> like, Iron yeah. Man 3 was his favourite. But um, it, it felt like the first one in ages that actually had a, a, a voice and wasn't just, apart from the James Gunn too, um, it, like, yeah, it yeah. felt like the antithesis of Spider-Man Homecoming, which was just so Marvel yeah. and so, yeah. so yeah. safe. And um, Thor Ragnarok actually made me laugh more than any comedy I can think of in recent memory. Which is more more a criticism of the current state of comedy, the more I think about it. Because I was just thinking, what was the last film that, that made me laugh a lot? And it was probably yeah. what we do in The Shadows, actually. Yeah, that's, I, I can't think of good comedy films. Like, no. or, it's always like, it's a film that's not a comedy, but it just has comedy yeah. in it. Like The Nice Guys or whatever, like a yeah. an action yeah. comedy or a horror comedy or something, but proper comedy. Or a things. musical comedy like La La Land or whatever. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess we can move on to Thor Ragnarok from here. Um, I, I loved it. I know I, I listened to your review and I, I get I get everything you said, but I thought it was a yeah. blast. I thought the action was fun. I thought the comedy was mm. fun. I thought that, I mean, I've always liked Thor. I, I don't get the hatred for Thor or the way that some people no. talk about Thor. Like, oh, Thor's always been the boring one of the Avengers. No, Captain America has always been the boring vanilla one. <laughs> Thor has a personality. He's, he's From the first film, he's always had a, a fun sense of humor and a character flaw, which is more than I can say for Captain America. But I thought no, this true. film yeah. did him best. I can see why a lot of people are now interested in Thor because of this film, because it was the best that he's ever been. I thought it was all just great. And my only problem with it was probably the villain. Um, but other than that, I thought it was I thought it was mm. quite excellent. Would... And it and it got me excited about the spectacle for the first time in a while, because it wasn't even though it was, it did some of the same things with like a massive army and whatnot. It just felt like there was so much, like a giant wolf mm. and a skeleton army and a big Balrog demon. And I was just, I like, I did go yay instead of just oh look, there's loads of CGI shit. Like, like, like the it, first one in a while that actually put effort into design. Yeah, D- just, yeah just the yeah. flashback of the Valkyries. Valkyrie attacking yeah. is more cinematic than anything they've done mm. in a long, mm. long time. Mm. Well, for as long, well, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that it even tried and... with its score. Like it, yeah. it tried. To no, it did. Its, actually. I remember that. Yeah, and it, it it was just it was yeah a step in the right direction. And I I agree with you on the villain thing, mm. but again, I still think that. I think that that's just kind of par for the course in that they had to have a villain and they didn't mm. really want the, the grand... to be the villain, but they didn't use but, it too much. They just but the Grandmaster was a really fun separate. villain. I thought the Grandmaster was fun. Like, I, I like that mm. bit where, um, where, where like, he's talking about how time moves differently in, in, in the planet. And he goes like oh, anywhere right. else. I, he goes like anywhere else. I'd be uh, a million, a hundred million years old. But here, and then he just does like a, a weird Jeff Goldman, Goldblum smile, <laughs> and it holds yeah. on it for like three seconds. <laughs> um, that was great. <laughs> all of the Je- all the Jeff Goldblum weirdness. Yeah, was I, I think Jeff Goldblum <laughs> really lifted the film up. <laughs> of all the Marvel films, like this year, it's the one that I would have said I'd watch again. Mm. Like the most, they which... have actually been as much as we gave Spider-Man: Homecoming crap for being just utterly generic. Yeah. At, at least it was better than either of the DC films. Um, so yeah, they've had yeah, it. They still that, had I'd a good year. I'd say that they are slight, sort of learning to improve. Yeah. 
yeah. they're not different enough for me to start really caring. But mm. over and they do have their flops, like the Spider-Man Homecoming, which I thought was awful. You thought but... it was awful? Like, see, that yeah. surprises me. Like, it, it being awful. Like, but it's, anything it's other the same than way that okay. I said about Justice League, where if you would like. Obviously, there are ways that you could do it way worse. Mm. It's just that it was so generic and it was yeah. so bland. It was. I do and... agree. Was, did you watch the whole thing in the end? Because because I, I when we talked about it before, you'd only seen like half of it. Did you ever finish it? Did you ever get up to the bit where it got slightly more interesting? Yeah, I did finish it, and I didn't think it got more interesting. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. It, it it wasn't a film that interested me at any point in it. Like you were saying, it was the most Marvel film yet. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely agree with that. But at the same time, like when you compare it to the other two that came out this year, they're actually trying different things, and they are trying to give mm. more character to the the whole universe thing. So they felt like film. Both both Guardians and Thor felt like films from directors. Like, they did yeah. feel like James Gunn and Taika Waititi films, even if they had the Marvel elements. Like, obviously, it's still... Thor Ragnarok still didn't feel like... It didn't, it didn't feel like Boy or, or Hunt for the Wilder no, People. No, no, but, no. But it had elements of him definitely yeah. in there, whereas I didn't get any sense of John Watts. Was that his name? <laughs> <laughs> in Spider-Man Homecoming. And I've seen both Did you not Clown think it was and... a lot like Clown? <laughs> It reminded me so much of Cloud in that that was a 5 out of 10 <laughs> throughout. <laughs> I saw a cop car in the end and, it, and there's no there's no sense of who he is except a safe pair of hands. Yeah, he knows how to press record. <laughs> yeah. He does a great job. That. <laughs> that puts him one up on David Ayo. He's got... <laughs> We need to watch Bright. I want to watch Bright. <laughs> it just, it's that thing that Red Letter Media said about The Last Jedi where they just pulled in some guy. That's what DC been doing, yeah. just pulling in <laughs> some guy to, to just make a film. In May, there was Alien Covenant, which I don't think we covered. We didn't talk about that. No. no. At the time I saw it, I thought it was good with that sort of inflection that i just gave yeah, that, that was that was exactly what inflection that is it's that just was that tiny o's <laughs> that was that was exactly my reaction like good as time has gone on i would say i have become more and more critical like by the day i think of it more and more critically right. my my initial good was because at <laughs> least it answered some questions and it had an actual alien in it but as time's gone on, I've started to think of it like less like I should just be grateful for any old crap and just thought, yeah, but yeah. those answers were stupid and the alien yeah, yeah. wasn't threatening. It so so it's it's like like my initial reaction was almost like a an abused spouse that was just like defending <laughs> it. Like like sometimes it's nice, but now <laughs> now the marriage is over and I can see it for what it was. Um, it was yeah, it was toxic. Yeah. <laughs> the the worst part, the part that for me is like emblematic of the whole film, is when the xenomorph finally shows up, and I was like, finally, because we're we're like mm. two thirds into this film that you heavily promoted as being a return to alien, and it's mm. it shows up a third from the end. So I was like, great, let's do proper alien stuff now. And the first sequence with the alien is it scuttling around on the side of a ship trying to yeah. get in and it looks so weak and helpless <laughs> like it's it's devoid of any suspense or tension because it's just 
it, it is in threat. It isn't the threat. It, it is in peril itself yeah. trying to get in while the human characters sit in a cockpit just like, ugh, that thing's just... Like, it's an annoying fly on the windshield that they're just trying right. to wipe off with the wipers. <laughs> it, it, it just felt like such a bizarre choice that it's like, now we're mm. finally going to bring back this iconic killer that everyone's been waiting for. And it's just <laughs> aimlessly wandering around on the side of a ship, butting its head against glass, trying to get yeah. in. And it, that felt emblematic of the whole film because it was like they brought back the alien and eh, it, it sucks. I'll, I'll talk more about this kind of stuff when we get into the last Jedi thing. But I was so interested by the fact that it basically just took what they gave in Prometheus and then just said, forget about all that. <laughs> yeah. We don't give a shit. But... But unlike the last Jedi, the last Jedi did that. You're right. The last Jedi did sort of go, we don't give a shit. But Alien Covenant devoted half its screen time to telling you it and didn't it- give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> telling you how much it didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, like at least the last Jedi literally threw half that stuff away with like a line yeah. and just went like, yeah. yeah, forget it. Whereas Alien Covenant spent that whole chunk with with um. Michael Fassbender <laughs> in the cave, like just o- overwriting everything. Like it, it dedicated so much time to throwing yeah, everything it away. Was, it was a slow burn to see whether or not they decided to keep stuff from the last film, <laughs> and then it turns out in like really overly dramatic flashbacks that he just destroyed everything. Why does I don't I don't understand that? Like some people I've seen talking about how. Oh, ever since 1970-whatever-nine, is that Alien? We wanted to know where the alien came from. I was like, no, I no, just assumed no, it was an alien. But people yeah. have always been, like, uh, on the other side, like, no, the great thing about the alien is its mystique. And it's like, no, not that either. It's just an alien. It's not mysterious. Mm. There's no, like, ooh, where did it come from? It's just yeah. an alien that lives in space. I don't. Do you wonder that about everything you see in Star Trek? Do you go like, where did that come from? What's the meaning? It's just Where's there. That alien? Yeah, <laughs> it's just there. It's in space. But now what's to have the, this incredibly the... convoluted like chain of this yeah. this alien leads to this alien that leads to this alien. Like, oh, my head hurts. I don't understand why. The best part of that film was another moment where you kind of go, how did this get past? The stu- why did the studio allow this? <laughs> Which is the moment where Michael Fassbender tells himself to blow while he does the fingering. Oh. Which is just... <laughs> what? Why? There were, like, so many giggles in the cinema when yeah. that happened. No one takes that scene seriously. No one can take that scene <laughs> yeah. seriously. I mean, it's a great VFX showcase. It for... was, yeah, yeah, because it was all a uh, single shot. I mean, it, it, to, to me, it just shows him. that, you know, he just really wants to do a remake of The Parent Trap or something like <laughs> that. Some things, I think, do need explaining in films, mm. but other things, like, just the general premise but does not need explaining. Yeah, like, that's the thing, is, like, there's what, it's one thing to answer a question that some people might think was best left unanswered. But in this case, this wasn't even a question. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. Yeah. Why does it need why does it need a great explanation for where it came from? And why doesn't that apply to literally everything else? Do you wonder where the shark in Jaws came from? Do you do, <laughs> what what I don't I don't mm. understand where that 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 all of a sudden mystique behind the alien came from. It was just an alien. I don't know why origin has to play so much into stories, mm. but I when I was thinking about it, like a lot of 
horror films are just about where did this thing come from. Quite a few of them, anyway. Like, if you get a werewolf film, it's not Mm. just going to be there is a werewolf. A lot Mm. of the time, it will be how did that person get bitten or something like that. And you can't do a mummy film without a flashback to whatever old person died. Perhaps cut back to that flashback six times, each time with a voiceover explaining (laughs) everything. (laughs) Well, I've been, it's funny you say that because I've been, I I got for Christmas, I got the Friday the 13th game. And, oh, right, yeah. and there's so many detailed like little Easter eggs and references throughout it that I was like, right, I have to watch these films now because I don't. I'm sure some of these things are very clever, but I don't understand them. So I've right. been like blasting my way through the films, and it's funny how little they care for Jason's origin because it changes <laughs> in nearly every film. Like in in at one point he's just a kid who drowns, then. In Jason mm. X, he's like a mutant. In Jason Nine, his when he died, his <laughs> mother got the Necronomicon from Evil Dead Two because at this point they were oh. trying to set it up as a shared universe. <laughs> so they got the Necronomicon and summoned him back to life, but he came back right. as a giant slug that possesses different bodies. It's very weird. What, uh, what way he it, came it, back it, as a giant slug? He, came, okay. he comes back as a slug that passes from consciousness to consciousness. But in the end, because Jason's <laughs> so Jason Nine starts with um J- with like there's a, a woman showering and then Jason bursts in and chases this woman and it's right. like you think it's just a, a standard slasher thing like he's chasing the naked mm. woman but then she runs out into the woods and stops and Jason like steps forward and floodlights come on everywhere and it turns out it was a trap set by the FBI who just bazooka and machine gun him to death and he blows up into a million pieces but then his what? but then because his body's destroyed the little slug goes into other people to try and continue the murder spree by possessing their consciousness. And in the end, someone gets that, one of these people gets their head cut off, the slug shoots out, crawls up someone's vagina, and then, and then fully born, fully formed Jason emerges from inside them, and it goes back to normal Jason from there. But yeah, they have no consideration for Jake, like a consistent backstory. They just do whatever they want on a film-to-film basis. And I was reading something where the producer... Because that, that game has, like, a, a museum of Jason history in it. Right. And the producer of the franchise basically just said, we thought of it like a campfire story and how it just gets changed no matter, depending on who's telling it. So right. we didn't oh, care a... about consistency yeah. or anything. And in retrospect, I wish the alien was more like Friday the 13th, which I never thought yeah. I'd say. Like, just, just a complete disregard for where it came from or anything like that just film individual isolated films that do whatever the hell they want as i just demonstrated with the mm. with the worm thing mm. like they just each film did whatever it wanted for its own sake yeah, I, I do get that point and i like the i'd like the idea of it being the campfire stories idea mm. But I think that only works after you've made all those terrible weird That's the films. thing it's it's like Friday the 13th had nothing to lose because it was always kind of crap. So it could just do whatever it wants, whereas with Alien, people would probably get a bit more upset. (laughs) Just just a bit. Yeah. Uh, Baby Driver also came out. We did talk about Baby Driver. We had a podcast. I still like it a lot. Um, Yeah. I'd say that is my most watched film of the year. Is it? Yeah. That's funny because you you didn't like it that much. (laughs) 
when I recorded it with you, I mm. think I remember saying a lot. I've only seen it once. Mm. Like I'm gonna see it again, and it it grows on me every time. Well, good. Like as with every every Edgar Wright film, it always grows on me, but it's it still continues to do so. For some reason, I feel like if I watch a film that has musical moments, the first time I watch it is the most impactful. Mm. And that's why I thought I was going to have with Baby Driver. But to be honest, I enjoy the music, how it syncs up much mm. more. And I, I felt like I was spotting more and more, not just because it's Edgar Wright and there's lots of like visual trickery and all of that, but I was just enjoying like the editing and the pacing a lot more every single time, which is not something that I generally enjoy more with rewatching. Even that's though, good. like I said, it's the film that I've watched the most this year, I would say out of all of them, I'd be the most willing to rewatch it again, actually. Mm. Well, that's good. Oh, oh, actually, it's, it's, maybe it's in a contender with Get Out. Right. I only saw Get Out once. I, I still like it. But I've heard it's, 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 it's a case of you where it's not like I sat down to deliberately rewatch yeah. it again. But oh, it was a film where I watched it on my own. Mm. And then someone wanted to watch it. And then someone else wanted right. to watch it. Yeah. And then like my family wanted to watch it. And I just sat with them mm. through it. And because of that, I've watched it a lot of times. And it, that, that also gets better on rewatches, I think. I thought that um, would because the 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 parts where we thought it was trying too hard to be creepy with the servants would have yeah. a bit more context and it wouldn't just be like creepy for creepy's sake. It was a good case of with a lot of these Blumhouse horrors, I mm. feel like you could rewatch it and there's nothing that you gain from it. Mm. And I'm not saying that this is like a great puzzle, but there's mm. there's mm. small things that you pick up on and every time that I've watched it I've spotted something new. And right. I've watched it about four times. That's good. So, uh, and the little things like you notice how all the servants wear hats, or like the why the woman's constantly checking her hair is because they all have surgery scars. Oh right, okay. On their forehead, which I which is actually not that clear until until very, near the very end, where mm. the grandma and the grandpa start chasing him, mm. and it also explains why she's just staring into the mirror the whole time. Yeah, and instead of just being, being just a creepy thing. Which is my, which was my complaint when I first saw it. It's because she's constantly checking her hair to make sure that the thing is covered. Yeah, that, that so makes it, sense. I mean, it makes sense why it would be uh, improved. Coming from uh, what I briefly talked about with Raw earlier, a ghost story came out this year, and that was an indie film. You well, your 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 review really like. I mean, I didn't have any interest. I'm not. I'm not going to pretend I did. I saw Pete's Dragon. <laughs> it's fine um but it did not make me excited for what this director would do free from a pre-established story no because the the best aspects of pete's dragon were just what pete's dragon already was not anything to do with his right. execution of it mm. um so i wasn't excited especially since it looked pretentious then you told me about the pie scene and i was like right okay i'm done <laughs> that's that's yeah. it i'm no way it... I, c- I almost wanted to leave the review of that until like the blu-ray came out or something mm. like that so i could just grab that scene and play it in its entirety i'm sure it's actually probably already out now somewhere on youtube yeah. but it is just four minutes of eating a pie and it's and it sounded it's... like every profound thought and message it had was something very studenty and obvious that it That's, thought was it, groundbreaking it, it, it's a student film i mm. found anyway like it's a high budget student film it does mm. stuff that a student film couldn't afford like Rooney mm. Mara, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it didn't. I think it wears a lot of its ideas on its sleeve, and then and then people seem to believe that there's a lot of depth to it. Mm. We it sounded to me like a lot of people just sort of like talking, like people saying what the point was as well. 
Yeah. I got that impression, and that always kills any idea of depth when it has to have people explain the depth to you in film. Yeah, because I because it was one of these things where I felt like I should have liked it more mm. because so many reviewers liked it, and so I went, I read all of them, and they were just basically saying what was very obvious about it, mm. and only one actually added anything to it. I think it's just people that watch it and they they feel like oh I get it. And because they get that, oh, I get it. Yeah, they, they got enjoyed the... it a lot more. Yeah, yeah. In the same month was Logan Lucky. Did you end up seeing that? No, I was honestly. It's so weird that you mentioned that because yesterday we were about to rent it on Amazon because we we, right. we we rented um, Transformers, <laughs> but you couldn't rent it. You could only buy it, and I was like, okay, I don't have that uh-huh. much confidence. Otherwise, I would. I want to. I want to watch it. I'm sure it's fun. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I, I, it I want to see it. I, um, yeah. I do. I do want to. For me, it didn't excel my expectations, mm. but it did exactly what I wanted, which was Hillbelly's Ocean's Eleven. Mm. I thought they were just going to use the that kind of marketing tagline, Hillbilly's Ocean's Eleven, to basically say it's Ocean's Eleven but dumber. Mm. But it actually does have some good he- It has good heist moments. It has funny moments. I'd say it's again. It's like I was saying how there hasn't been a good comedy this year, but it's kind of a heist comedy. Yeah, and it does comedy a lot better than most comedies nowadays. Mm. There is one character that annoys me. Seth MacFarlane. Oh, okay, right. He's just annoying, but that's more because I just see it as Seth MacFarlane. If it was one of those films where, if you thought that might be mm. decent, I'd give it a shot because I, I watched it. Everyone I watched it with enjoyed it. My dad likes heist films a lot. Like, he likes The Sting mm. and Catch Me If You Can. I know it's not a heist film, but he likes heist and con many capery things. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like anywhere up to like best heist films of all time mm. or anything like that. But it's it wouldn't a need solid to be entry he, into he, it. He, he just likes any heist film or or con man films. He he liked Focus, so it's fine. He's, oh right, no, <laughs> he'll no, he'll really like the Clockwork Monkey yeah. then if he liked Focus. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a good movie night film, definitely. Yeah, like um, and it's one that I feel like it's really slipped under people's radars for some mm. reason, like more than some of the indie darlings this year or whatever mm, mm. can i now jump in with my seth mcfarlane point before i forget yes yeah, so yeah. we both of us watched star trek discovery didn't we oh is that this this tv show that he made yes have you watched any of the orville i watched the trailer and that was enough the trailer is very misrepresentative of what the orville is actually like because right. the orville is a much better star trek show than star trek discovery okay it's not a comedy <laughs> is it not it's not a comedy. It's got comedy in it, but it is right. basically just a light, light-hearted rather than comedy. It's right. not too serious, but it's not like jokey either. And it feels more Star Trekky. It's got um, it's got like a great rousing score. It explores issues. <laughs> the last issue, the last episode that I watched was about um, there's one of the crew is a member of a species of alien where they're all male and right. they have a baby that's like one in a million that's a female. And they have on their planet. They have a procedure where they have to be. They basically correct it and make it into a male because otherwise it's going to grow up and be bullied and considered like a defect. And it's just a whole episode devoted to like a debate on the ship where the, some people are like, "Well, it's their culture. You got to let them do it if that's what they do." And then the other people are like, "Yeah, but it's, they can't decide for this baby, and there's nothing wrong." And it's like a proper Star Trek thing where they were dealing with like an issue. And a theme, yeah. and they were talking to it, talking about it in quite a lot of depth. There wasn't any jokes. It was all about doing the right thing, and and like about this progressive version of the future. 
I felt like Star Trek, right. and then you watch Star Trek Discovery, and it's mm. asinine. And it's about killing a giant <laughs> bug that flies through space at light speed. Yeah, it, it's yeah. odd. It felt more like Star Trek. It because it, 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 it has that. It's all about like the future mm. and people getting along, and it explores like ideas about other cultures and about like race and stuff but you know in a very like optimistic way it's got like a big exciting score and and it it, it does feel like star trek and then occasionally it will have like some seth MacFarlane jokes but they're just in moderation right. like darted around rather than like the focus it's weird it's yeah. such a weird show because it feels like it should be a comedy but it's not really Mm. I quite liked it. Like it's not great, but I was just so surprised more than anything when I watched it. I was like, "Oh, it's actually like taking the sci-fi part quite seriously and doing it quite <laughs> well as well." And then Star Trek Discovery was just a confusing mess <laughs> of where every yeah. episode it seemed to change what it wanted to be. And the, it felt like every episode had a different showrunner behind it. Like, uh, no, this is what we're doing now. Did we do a podcast talking about Star, no. Star Trek Discovery? No, we, no. We, we we agreed to watch the whole thing so that we could, and then didn't. And then we never did it. So we just watched and that it. Was, that, God, that was a waste of time, wasn't it? <laughs> Such a... I mean, coming from someone that wasn't... That's not even a Star Trek fan. I mm. mean, I've watched the two modern films, three modern films. I've watched uh, all Star Trek films and individual snippets from various shows. Even like not a fan of mm. it, I just I was just thinking, what is this meant to be? Like, it wasn't. It, well, it's not. It's not it's as a Star Trek show. My problem isn't that it isn't Star Trek. My problem is mm. that just what it is, yeah, is bland, awkwardly written, and confu- characters sort of like like it, it. What I found weird about it, I don't know if this is going to make any sense to you, but like, did you feel like almost every episode felt like a re-pilot? Where they sort of like established things again, or went, or or would sort of like now now she's at this part of the crew, and now we're gonna start the story proper. But it was like every week that happened. It felt like it had a lot of false starts. I can kind of I I'm not sure if I would go so far as to say a repilot, but I would say that it never felt like it reached a point of settling. No, it never. Uh, it just felt, felt yeah. like every episode it was like, and this happens, and this happens, and this happens. It feels like. People were saying about how the two-parter episode is like a prologue more than a pilot. Mm. It all feels like prologue. Yeah. I don't know wh- wh- where it I'm felt, meant to start caring if, about anything. It felt very messy and very like just yeah. st- st- like 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 none of the writers were in the same room as each other and just threw a load yeah. of shit <laughs> at the screen. <laughs> and it, and they kind of made well, it. it feels like it feels like one of those like story writing games where someone has written the last sentence. <laughs> yeah. and you get to write after that, like what <laughs> happens. Like you just got you only got the last sentence. That, yeah. And I remember messaging you at the time saying that I think the only episode that I thought was fine and you didn't like it because uh, was the time travel one. I but wanted to like it. And the only reason is that I got that you, I got your reason for not liking it because, like, like you said, it didn't fully utilize the idea. But for me, it was just the fact that it felt like it was the first episode where it felt like it was an episode of something yeah. as opposed to just a continuing happening of things. Happening of things. That was it. It was just like. Oh, we need to get the spores. Oh, the spores are doing this. Or oh, the Klingons are doing this. That, we need to go over uh, there. And it was it. 
it like what you said, it felt messy, but it just felt like a stream of consciousness <laughs> from someone explaining their Star Wars fanfic. No, a stream of consciousness from six different people explaining their, <laughs> their Star Wars at the same fiction. time. Like, yeah, and it just it didn't help as well that none of the main crew were remotely likable. Like Michael no. was just an arrogant asshole who kept yeah. doing things wrong and then like getting mad that people didn't trust her even though she routinely fucked everything up yeah and then um <laughs> she was like laurie she was like, it was like they made laurie from the walking dead the main character of a show then she had her <laughs> annoying sidekick yeah like yeah her annoying sidekick roommate who was just like i'm the i'm the ditzy stupid one and then there was mm. but i have heart really... she has heart though yeah, the heart one, yeah. Then there was bland, handsome guy that joined halfway through to be bland and handsome. Oh, but he had he had a version of PTSD, which meant that he was out of the <laughs> for being raped by, by Klingon Star Trek optimistic future. <laughs> Klingon rape. <laughs> Boldly going where no one has gone before. And then, and then the... the um, I can't remember, is it Stamets, Anthony Rapp, who's just awful, he was just <laughs> awful every time he opened his mouth, um, you know, the arrogant engineer man, he was just <laughs> terrible, like, every, every, he was just, like, his entire character was like, I'm, I'm a smart, ger-, like, bad Sherlock Holmes. Like, bad, sort of, mm. like, I'm smart and arrogant, I know, don't know exactly how to connect with mean. people, but he wasn't that smart. Nothing he said was funny or clever. It feels like someone's looked up what, like, high-functioning yeah. autism or high-functioning, like, OCD is like, and they're just like, this sounds like a good character. But Let's he was write just a, a, smart, a smart character. Yeah, but, but he just came across as an asshole. Like, yeah. just an asshole. And mm. that was, it was just no one, the only person on the crew that was remotely interesting was, was it Lorca, the captain? Yeah. And that was only because yeah, yeah. he had a clear and was yeah. well defined and wasn't trying to be funny all the time. Well, also because he was the only one that seemed to know he was an arsehole. Yeah, he was the only one that he, was an asshole that knew he was. <laughs> yeah, he knew he was an arsehole, so he just got on with it. That was anyway. the only thing that made it, it made him bearable. But um, the thing that I just keep when thinking about this show, I just keep replaying the same shot of that bug going into space <laughs> and then teleporting. <laughs> A teleporting space bug oh, is, and the, is like that. The other thing that they completely... Thought, I mentioned this with the Orville, was the music was, like, very triumphant and, like, yeah, oh, yeah, the music in Star Trek Discovery. How do you do that? You have Star Trek. It has two, two iconic themes. Iconic, yeah. And even, yeah, yeah. even the new movies have the Michael Giacchino music that's kind of rousing and exciting. And that yeah, was the yeah. thing. It was, like, all those themes, they're rousing and exciting and, like, yeah, let's go on a space adventure. And, and mm-hmm. Star Trek Discovery starts with this really bland, tedious piano music. It's like, what are you doing? The intro sequence, I remember we complained about that somewhere in between watching mm. all the episodes, but it, it was the first time when I actually was thankful that Netflix put in that skip intro button. Yeah. Like, yeah. on decent TV shows, I kind of get annoyed, and I just think, who like, who actually who needs this? to skip it? And then on Star Trek Discovery, I just thought it was like a, do you want to be bored already? Because <laughs> like, it, it was two, it, was, it felt like three minutes of just boredom right at the beginning of every episode like it was a it was a big handbrake yeah on every single episode right was, at the beginning and it's the guy the composer i think I'm, I'm i might be wrong but i think it was the composer who did the music for legion 
And some of the score for Legion was quite good, but this was just tedious and mm. bland, which is probably a good a good summary of Star Trek Discovery, actually. Yeah. <laughs> tedious yeah. and bland. Well, good that looking, we, we uh, are going through a, a, a full, like, talking about the year then. Look, uh, looking forward to part two of season one in uh, January? Or... I don't want to watch it. Well, I have to I now, because I've made it this far, and I'm not, I'm not having that for nothing. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, no, I can't but, do it for nothing. Just, it, it comes back to what you were saying about with Alien Covenant. Like, just because you're with them doesn't mean, like, <laughs> like it's an abusive relationship. Like, <laughs> they're not going to get better. <laughs> you just have to sever all ties with them and just move on. I did, But the thing is, like, I, cause I didn't watch much TV this year. I never do. But I watch mostly... Good TV, and I would say that that probably makes this the worst show I watched all year, just because I didn't mm. watch anything else that was that bad. But <sighs> yeah, I never talked about Blade Runner. I don't care. I don't like Blade Runner. Never mind Blade. I I can't be bothered with a three hour sequel. So. No, I think it was better than the original Blade Runner. Honestly, uh, that's without like similar to Star Trek. I only watched it the day before seeing Blade Runner. No, oh, okay, twenty forty nine. And I thought it was good. Which I thought one it was more about? impressive because the original, sorry. Okay. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it it was more impressive because of the time that it was made in more ah. than the actual film itself. I kind of fell on the same lines of you. Is it's just not a very good noir. No, it doesn't have any it's mystery just, or detective. It's just a noir it's with just... a with an interesting backdrop. I just, think just because something and... is a noir doesn't make it good. Like that that mm. I I often see people like defend films by like their praise for it is it's like a noir and it's like yeah some noirs are bad just like other other genres every genre of film has bad examples and just because something is a noir doesn't mean yeah. it's clever it just means that it is a noir and yeah. it's not a very good noir. It looks nice. I won't like yeah. take that away from it, but it's it's not a very compelling story, or it doesn't have any detecting apart no. from Harrison Ford sat in front of a no, computer going enhanced. No, there's not much. There's not much detecting. Yeah, and I would say that Blade Runner twenty four, I think, it, it, uh, improves on basically every single aspect of oh, Blade good. Runner. Well, that's good. every single aspect. I would say that I agree that it's a bit too long. Mm. <laughs> it's not to the same extent as a ghost story, but I don't think it's amazingly deep. I just think that it's it's puts it in a more interesting package than what mm. Blade, Ghost Story was trying to say. Uh, but I didn't review it in the end because I kind of thought it's a film that I do want to watch again and mm. because I want to feel like I fully understood everything in it. Not because right. the plot was particularly hard to follow, but just because I want to make sure that I got what I think about it right. Mm. However, I was surprised that so few people didn't pick out more plot problems with it because there were a few things where I just kind of watched it and I thought, Oh, that's stupid. Like like a regular blockbuster, stupid. Okay. And I didn't feel like a lot of critics pointed it out in their reviews because they were so focused on how beautiful it looked. But okay. there were moments where I thought it was just very stupid blockbuster. Did you ever see one big film that I know we never covered, either of us, but James did? Did you ever see Dunkirk? Yes, I did see Dunkirk. I watched it last night, actually, again. On oh. So <laughs> what a quinky dink. I, d I, w I don't go as fully as you saying with it's boring. I just think it's okay. one of these, it feels cheap to say like it's an experience film, but it's meant to kind of evoke a certain emotion. It's not meant to be, I would say it's, it doesn't gain anything on rewatch. Yeah, that, that, that emotion being tedium. <laughs> oh, look, they're looking at the beach again. Oh, now they're looking at the beach again. Oh, a plane flew over and it was a bit loud. Oh, there's a ticking clock in the background. That makes it tense. 
Ooh, a submarine. And there's a boat. It's the longest hour and a half I've spent in the cinema in all year. I did not love it, but I did not like it. I did not dislike it nearly as much as you, but mm. when I was finding myself impressed with it, kind of similar to how I talked about Blade Runner just now, I was more impressed with the filmmaking mm. than I was with the actual film I was watching. Like, yeah. when I was seeing those big scenes on the beach, I wasn't thinking, God, this is gripping. I was thinking, wow, that's a big film set. <laughs> like, I wonder yeah. how long it took them yeah, to set no, that I, up. I, don't, I, won't, I won't contend that. I won't, I won't, like... I'm not being contrarian. I won't say that it's, like, no, no bad. No. I just found it thoroughly unengaging and completely disinteresting <laughs> more than anything. Mm. Mm. I, I think it was... I watched it so last night. Obviously, I watched. I didn't watch it in the cinema. I watched mm. it at home. It was much better in the cinema because that booming, the sound editing for it is definitely like it's trying to be very visceral. Like in mm. the cinema, it's trying to be bombastically loud and yeah. then also very quiet, which works in a cinema when you've got surround sound and hundred like thousand yeah. pound speakers. It does not work at home as well. For the first half, I thought I put the volume wrong. Or something so I had to put oh. the volume way up, and then the moment gunfire starts, like, <laughs> the speakers always blow out. So you've got to go way <laughs> down again. So you can't hear, you can't hear the score for like the first few mm. minutes or whatever because they want that really loud plane sound and they want that really loud gun sound. And that's part of me kind of thinking about the whole idea of oh, it's a it's a film that kind of like how I felt with Gravity. I didn't like Gravity either, so maybe I just don't like these experiences. Yeah, that's the thing. Is if you don't see it in a cinema, maybe, maybe I just like films, like classics, like The Mummy, which I enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say that people preferred this to Gravity because it had the whole war background and yeah, it, it makes them sound smarter because it's not sci-fi. Yeah, it's not sci-fi, exactly. so they sound smarter. But I would say for me, it falls exactly into the same bit that gravity did i thought it was an enjoyable time in the cinema like it showed like the benefit of going to a cinema for me for sound and for picture and all of that and see maybe that was my uh, problem because it, it highlighted the, for me my singular experience that cannot be applied to anyone else it's completely personal and idiosyncratic but m my experience with it highlighted why i should not go to the cinema because it was filled <laughs> right. with old people going what they couldn't hear each other because they were talking to each other, and over the planes oh, they were God. just and they just kept and then like this one old person stood up in the middle like right central screen, couldn't find their way out because <laughs> it's confusing <laughs> when there's just a straight line to leave your aisle, and ah, uh, that's Did that's you just that's go to like the home though. or something. <laughs> To watch it was film. it was like it was exactly like that because I went on a Monday <laughs> after work because I thought there's not going to be too many people because that's paid off this year I've I found going straight after work on a Monday mm. get in there not many people have a relatively quiet pleasant time yeah. but that 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 was not a good showcase for it, that that, no. that <laughs> experience so damn it Christopher Nolan <laughs> you, you need to control your audiences more. <laughs> Yeah, that was the problem. Yeah. yeah. Appeal less to pensioners. That's, yes, that's your yes. big comment. Yeah. <laughs> Brief note from just scrolling through the thing. Uh, there was a film that came out, which month is this? November, mm. called Marjorie Prime, which I, I did see. It was a very small film, but I just wanted to bring it up because if someone was thinking about watching it, I would say don't. Okay. Because it was one of those things that I was thinking about reviewing, and then I realized I had so little to say that it only fits in something like this. 
but basically I was just sit listening. I was sat listening mm. to it. I, I closed my eyes for yeah. about half an hour of this film because you don't need to watch it. You just need to listen to it. I was just thinking the whole time this would be a fine audio book. <laughs> like, that's it. And uh, and then at the end it says, like, it's one of these films that's adapted from play, kind uh, of like Fences or stuff mm. like that. And I was just saying, if you're interested in it, no. No. It? But now that it's come out, I remember that I actually really like the score for it. So I will oh, actually yeah. look that up and see if that's interesting. If, if you're interested in Marjorie Prime, I would recommend don't see it. Just read the play. Right. Re- like, read the book of it, because it'll probably be one sitting and it'll be quicker than the film. I watched 1922, which is on Netflix, and it's another Stephen King adaptation uh, in the year mm-hmm. littered with them. It was better than <laughs> The Dark Tower. wasn't as good as it. It was... It was okay. <laughs> it's um. It's very slow, but it's got right. Thomas Jane in it, and Thomas Jane gives a great performance. Like I couldn't recognize him at first because I didn't. I just sort of put it on without really researching it or looking into it much. And partway through, I realized like, holy shit, that's Thomas Jane. Um, he's he's really good in it, and it's got some decently creepy moments and some quite nasty gore and violence, but interspersed between very long periods of nothingness mm. but it, it it was a period piece it had decent production design it, you know it was fine it was not particularly gripping or thrilling but it was well made and had a couple of like ooh moments <laughs> made your back shiver it was it was okay it was fine mm. and if you if you want to watch something else stephen kingy and you've already seen gerald's game you could watch it and it would be it would be not a waste of your time. Have you watched Gerald's Game? No. <laughs> no. I didn't care about that one. I didn't, I didn't care about that one either. Good. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, you, I assume you haven't seen The Disaster Artist either. No. No one will go with me. I really wanted to, <laughs> but no one will go I, with me. I, I, I wanted to at the time, mm. but the more I think about it, I look at the cast list and I just think I wouldn't go to see any other film with these people in. Yeah, like, that, well, that's the thing, because it makes me worried that it's going to be a comedy, a proper... Like, I, in my head, the perfect version of this would be, like, Edward. Have you ever seen Edward? I have watched Edward. Because I love Edward. It's my fi- it's it's my favourite Tim Burton film. I think it, it proves that to both Tim Burton and Johnny Depp can do good things when they care yeah. and they try. And that's... Yeah. Like, you don't need comedians to make the room funny. It's already no. funny. Yeah, exactly. And and so I don't. I, I you look at that cast list, and I just think of things like Sausage Party and yeah. the other stuff they're associated with. And I go, that stuff isn't funny. Can't we just have proper actors doing? I don't want to say proper actors because I don't want to imply that comedians aren't proper actors, but good ones then. <laughs> Can we have good act <laughs> doing this? Um, and not you don't need to try and make this funny because it is. If there was a different team of people behind it, I think like it would have been a film that I would have just gone and seen on my own. Yeah. But because of them, it made me feel like, is it going to be sad if I go watch a Seth Rogen, James Franco comedy? I know what you mean. On my yeah. own. No, I do know what you mean with that. Because part of me thought, because it's A24, which is yeah. very like independent art. Well, they did like Moonlight last year. Uh, and so I thought, oh, yeah. maybe they're trying to do, they will take it a bit. Not seriously, but focus on the actual story. But a lot of the reviews just seem to be that it is just like a regular James Franco, Seth Rogen flick. A lot of things just sort of say, every review I read always says something like, if you like The Room, 
you'll find it funny. And it's like, well, I don't need. I can watch the room and find yeah. it funny already. I can watch I want the a room good right film now. About the, <laughs> I want a good film about that. And for all I know, it is. But like you said, that that yeah, that's exactly what I thought too. Yeah, I I hope I like it. I want to watch it, and I hope that I enjoy it yeah. when I do. I think after that, I think it's just Star Wars left to go. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, sure. What? What is there? Anything else you want to talk about? Kingsman. I kind of skipped over that because I didn't want to be to hurt me. <laughs> is that what not you're not to hurt you? Because it it was just not what I hoped it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I I agree. Yeah. It, for me, it was the first time I ever felt like that about Matthew Vaughn. Yeah. Um, because I normally I kind of trust him to 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 do something. I don't want to say lazy because I always hate when people call films lazy because it takes a lot of effort for everyone involved, but Mm. less generic? Less, I don't know. Um, I wanted him to do something more daring. Maybe that's the better way of putting it. And then there was just the stupid stuff. But the thing is that I would say almost that a lot of the stuff where it went more what you would say maybe traditionally daring is the parts where I thought it was at its weakest. Yeah, like just killing off some characters. Yeah, and bringing I back. Didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't. That was the bigger problem. Was, was and like they kind of went a bit more ridiculous with the technology. They went too ridiculous. Yeah. it's like a perfect balance in the first film. Exactly, like, it is yeah. ridiculous, but it's fun ridiculous. Whereas this sort of Austin Powers. Yeah, that's a, it. Went from being a James Bond parody to almost being an Austin Powers parody. Yeah. I feel like a couple of years down the road, I'll just forget that Kingsman Two happened and just enjoy Kingsman. I hope so. And that's kind of it. I can't. I hope it doesn't like taint the first one for people no. who did enjoy the first one. I know a lot of people hate the first one, but for people who do, yeah. And I was surprised because, like you said, like Kingsman, Kingsman Two, uh, not sorry, Kickass Two was not good, and that's kind of how I mm. feel with it. In that I forget Kingsman Two exists. I just enjoy Kingsman. Uh, sorry, I keep. Mm. They sound so similar to that. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember Kickass. I just watch Kickass. Yeah, and I think, and I kind of thought, oh, well, Matthew Vaughn didn't direct Kickass too, so it's not his mm. fault for that. But I think you can't really pass it off onto anything yeah. else for this. Well, let's hope he does his um, Masters of the Universe film that he's always talking about. He Man. He wants to do He Man. That would be amazing. Yes. Is that genuinely? Yes. Well, he has. He's one of those like Guillermo del Toro who has about sixty different right. things Got he it. wants yeah, to do. Yeah. He also talks about Flash Gordon, about obviously Kingsman Three, yeah, Fantastic yeah. Four. He's always talking about wanting to do Fantastic oh, really? Four. Yeah, like good luck, yeah. I guess. Yeah, the their their ideas that could very easily go sour. <laughs> I think, mm. Mm. Um, except for Kingsman Two, he's proved himself that he can do schlocky well. Yeah. All right now we can move into the 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 thing that this podcast is probably going to be titled after. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars: Last Jedi. I, how how many times have you seen it once or twice? I've seen it twice. I have only seen it once. Do you want to see it again? Yeah, I think I do. Again, it's that it's kind of falls into the similar thing with I said with Guardians two and Guardians one. If mm. I had to pick a favorite, I'd say I prefer Force Awakens over it, over Dark okay. Last Jedi. Me too. But me too. At the same time, I acknowledge that Force Awakens is. All the critics say, like, the, the repeat of New Hope and all of yada yada. You, you, I think you said it best when, after I saw it, you, you messaged me and said, I think all of the controversial bits were the bits that I liked the most. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I would agree with you. The quote that I've agreed with most was from the Red Letter Media. Well, this is probably going to be spoilers, by the way. 
So oh, yeah. if you yeah. haven't seen The Last Jedi It's hard yet, to talk about somehow. it without spoilers, definitely. Yeah. But yeah. I think the quote that I found that summarizes it most for me was the Red Letter Media, where they start right at the beginning, where they say, it's not a mess, but it's messy. That's right. just how I feel about a lot of it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And actually, when I saw it the first time, I'd, I avoid... When it comes to Star Wars, I avoid reading any reviews yeah, or no, anything I definitely get until that. after I see it. I watch the. I'm not like you. I do watch the trailers mainly because I can't be bothered to go out of my way to avoid yeah, them. Yeah. But reviews, it's easy enough to ignore. So I saw it, enjoyed it, didn't like it as much as the Force Awakens, but enjoyed it, mm. and then came back to see the shitstorm that yeah, had been brewing yeah. in my absence and was so <laughs> in my absence because I saw. Yeah, like I, I, I leave for five minutes, <laughs> but I was so confused because I saw it and just thought like it was good, but I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't see anything that I would have thought of as glaringly controversial. I just thought there was some pacing problems. I thought yep, the bit with the horses definitely. was a bit dumb, yep. things like that. But like, I didn't think there was anything that was gonna cause this. Mm. This fallout, and then I came back and saw the 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 polarizing, the petitions, and all this nonsense. Yeah. It was like, what happened? I was so confused. And then, obviously, when I saw it the second time, I went in with that knowledge, and I was even more confused because I was watching it. Like, I don't understand what anyone's angry about. I would not contend that it is a perfect film, and as I said, I had my own flaws with it, but none of my flaws were to do with some of the asinine shit that people are angry about. I think the the one that I kind of struggle to argue, the fan-based arguments, the point that I struggle to argue Yeah, we are talking most, about the, the fan arguments yeah, exactly. here, which is are the... That in some ways, it was good how it destroyed so much of what The Force Awakens was trying to set up. But at the same time, I think that some ways it could have done it a bit cleaner. I personally like the Snoke thing, killing Snoke. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, Me that too, was, again, because controversial decision. I understand that some people see it as, uh, as a problem because of the setup mm. and the lack of answers because everyone needs to know where everyone comes from <laughs> and needs to know yeah. every little detail about everyone's origin. Yeah. But when you give them that in prequels, then they get pissed off that you gave them that. So I understand why they're annoyed. But at the same time, other people seem to just want an exact rehash of yes. the Emperor yeah. and Darth Vader stuff. And then it's like, what do you people want? Because The Force Awakens was great until it was shit because you found out it was the New Hope, as if it hid that fact. Right. Then this is too far different. And I don't, I don't know what they want. I, don't, I genuinely mm. feel so confused. I've never seen a fan base that hates... The thing it loves more than Star Wars fans, <laughs> like other fan bases, like the like the DC fans, they they are so protective. Even the even the DC EU films, they love them, yeah. they love them. But Star Wars fans, they're in a race to hate the next film as much as they can, more than anyone yeah. else. They no fan base hates the thing something as much as Star Wars fans hate Star Wars. I think it's just because of the nature of how the series has been left. A mm. lot of Star Wars fans, like people our age or slightly older, have only experienced the prequels coming out. And the prequels are definitely in a like an yeah. idea of you hate the prequels, don't you? Everyone hates until these ones came out. Then it flipped. But uh and I think it's kind of it's a fan base that's based on half loving, half hating, and so they're kind of stuck. And so now now these new films have come out, 
the film needs to be very much like the good, the light side and the dark side. They need something to hate <laughs> and they need something to love. And so they've moved their hate from the prequels to the new ones. <laughs> yeah. And now they love the, the prequels. Like, I think it's... I just don't... I don't... I really don't get what they want. Like, I, I, I feel like they don't get what they want. I think if you mm. gave them whatever it is they have in their head, yeah. they'd be annoyed. I think to be kind of devil's advocate for them, I think it works best with the Ray example, where, like, the idea that they set up her her parents as being a puzzle, basically, like a, mm. like a point, and then they ruin ruin that then they get rid of that point but they do it in a way that affects mm. the story affects the characters builds on everything it builds on it more than yeah. any bringing back any old character could and that was a great example could you could you just answer me this question i'm not trying to be provocative or or, or piss people right. off but who could raise parents have been Give me a list mm. of about of upwards of five people give me give me a list of candidates before uh, you start getting into like Watto and Salacious Crumb <laughs> or some shit, like give me five right. actual I'm, I'm, characters. I'm, I'm, I'm where genuinely, it would I'm genuinely trying to think. Just again Go to on. be devil's advocate because I don't like. I definitely agree with the idea of not having parents, important parents. Mm. Luke is what a lot of people thought. Right, which that's would the most generic, predictable and that's stupid, generic and predictable. Lando, yeah. why would that? What difference would it make? It because would. It would just be for the sake of her like having that. parents. Yeah, um, so. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't make any difference. Third, let's say Han. She could be Han and Leia. Well, I feel like that's no. I feel, sister, like, I feel like that's gone. Oh, which would be the maybe same. Maybe Han had a secret daughter with some floozy. Yeah. On whatever. Right. Okay, Han. I'll give you that one. Not Princess Leia. I won't give you that one because that would that would be kind of already established in the Force Awakens. Mm. Maybe she was brothers. Oh, brothers. <laughs> She's not a brother. Maybe she was related to someone in the Resistance, like Poe or Finn. Mm. I'll give that as one. Um, Snoke's daughter. Right. I suppose. Right. That's five. So all, all shit of these, ideas. all, yeah, and and with all of them, aside from them being predictable because there are only f- like five people they could be. Mm. What difference does any of it make? None. Yeah. To anything. Yeah. Right. Good. Glad we established that. So move on. No, but that the point that I was making was that I think that the Ray thing was the a good way of like taking what was what was offered like the 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 mystery box thing that jj abrams already always talks about and turning that on its head to create something meaningful where before it would have just been fan service and i think with the snoke thing is that because it was just a complete rehash of it's just the emperor again sure there's no example there's no explanation in the originals there's no explanation of why the emperor is the emperor He's just an old man that controls everything because he's an yeah, evil character. that's what I thought. Could, and so could... I think that because it's the exact same thing again, I think people wanted an explanation of how could people let this happen again so easily. And I think that's kind of where it's coming from. Fair enough. From. That makes a bit of sense. But you could have done that still while killing him. All it needed, I think, was this throwaway line saying, I've done this, or I, like a bit of a yeah. prologue to basically saying like, Look how much I've done, and Kylo, like by your age, Kylo Ren, I had done this, blah 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 blah, whatever. A throwaway line to give him a tiny bit of backstory I guess to that... shut up the fans. But I don't think it was needed. I just think that I can see the anger for the fact that it's such a complete rehash, and yet they don't I can expl- see yet... your anger. I could. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Yoda. <laughs> I I can understand. 
why people would be annoyed with the Snoke not getting a backstory, but I just didn't care about that. I can understand a lot of pe- things. It doesn't mean that they're not stupid. The other thing that, the the point that I've really found grating, I've seen it from a lot of the, you know, when, when, I, when I say Star Wars fans, I don't want to... I don't want to say that anyone who likes doesn't like this film is an asshole, but a lot of the vocal ones are assholes. <laughs> they are coming across mm. as absolute, like the commenting on of when it's Ryan Johnson's birthday, like just commenting, "I hope you die, you murdered Star Wars." Mm. Like you're an asshole. You are an asshole. Um, and a lot of them. The, so when I say Star Wars fans, let me rephrase it as asshole Star Wars fans. Yeah. A lot of the asshole Star Wars fans saying inane shit like. This film wasn't about the old characters. It was focused on shoving the new ones in our face. Like, that's what the fucking that's yeah. what it's about. You dumb shit. Yeah. I don't want to watch. Like that's that's ex- the best parts of the parts with the new characters. Yeah. That was the, the best parts of the Force Awakens were the new characters. If anything, the worst parts were the old characters and how they had to be shoehorned in for idiots like you. Yeah. I mean, you didn't need it for the original trilogy. They no. were just allowed to be new characters that weren't shoved in our face. How are they shoved in your face? Because they're characters acting as characters in a film. They're shoved in your face. What does that even mean? Shoved in your face. What do you want from these 70-year-old movie stars? They're not going to be doing much adventuring. Especially since Carrie Fisher's dead now. Mm. What, what, what do you want from them? Of course the old characters are, are just going to be there a little bit. It's not about them it's a new trilogy you moron you utter moron and then and then the the, oh and the sjw that's the other thing it's like oh this is just the sjw star wars verse why is it an sjw like i you know i get annoyed with all of with some of these things yeah yeah but it's they're not doing anything they're not shoving anything in your face they're just black people and women existing they're just (laughs) in a film they're not it's not there's nothing they're not doing anything there's no it doesn't stop to deliver a lecture on on gender equality partway through the film, no. they're just in it, and there's act- it's actually fairly balanced. If you want to go yeah. down to that, the main character is white still. The main the main villain white. is a white man, yeah. and he's the coolest best character. Yeah. Then the other two characters are men, so you still got your you still you've still yeah. got your white men. Calm down. <laughs> I don't. What are they so upset about? It's like, if it was... I wouldn't agree, but I'd understand if they were, like, recasting old characters right? as, like, different races or genders. I'd I'd understand why they were maybe thinking it was shoved in their face then. And I'd understand if it was, like, Ghostbusters and it was, like, an all-female cast and it was being promoted as an all-female cast. But it's not. It's just... It's just just a, a, a selection of people. Yeah. No, what I, is, no, what, I calm that, down, yeah. you lunatics. <laughs> I was going to say, before you were saying with the, like, oh, they're just shoving the new characters in our faces. The worst bit, to me, is still, just thinking back on it, was the Leia thing. Yeah, the worst bits, the worst bits in The Force Awakens were, were some of the old characters. Yeah. Yeah, the bits with them. The worst bit, the definitive worst bit in The Last Jedi is Leia's Superman. Yeah. Like it, I, and I was thinking about it. Why does it bother me? Because it is like the force is, is something that I'm it willing for like them to adapt fiction. on. But it just felt stupid. It just it it, it felt like fan fiction. Yes. Yeah. 
did. It didn't help that it looked it looked so undignified as well. Like, no, yeah. If they could find a way for it to look less stupid, but she just looked so undignified and confused. I think it was because it was, <laughs> she... it was undignified. That was a big point, and also it was the fact that because people went in thinking Leia's gonna die. Because mm. I, I said this that I think the film was so desperate to try and subvert your expectations. It almost felt like they rewrote it so that she didn't die in that scene because you want yeah. you were expecting her to die, and it felt like she had her death moment, and then they were like, "Let's bring her back! Come on, Carrie!" And then she just flies back. Or... No, it was. Mm. It, it was a bit dumb. Mm. No, it wasn't a bit dumb. It was very. It dumb. was very dumb. And the other, the other big criticism I had, the main, my main criticism was the middle act yes. pacing. Yes, definitely. And, and that is. And I know it's become a bit of a beaten horse itself, but the the whole casino planet thing. It wasn't just that it was needless. I don't mind there being a needless diversion, you know, a separate B story adventure. It was just that it was not a good separate B story no. adventure. Yeah, I totally that agree. was that was the problem. Um, and the rescuing the horses was when it felt most like a prequel. Yes, definitely. Like at that point, and the whole planet looked like a prequel planet. It didn't look like original era star wars planets look very they they have like a topographical feature that they're all centered yeah. around like they're a, yeah like they're hoth or the and they and they don't look as sort of gimmicky and human it looked like it could have almost been on earth yeah and that's that's a prequely thing um no i get what that, you mean with that yeah it felt like a prequel planet and then the adventure they had felt like a prequel adventure on a prequel planet mm. no i totally get that it, it's just that it's just not a great b plot that's the thing, is that if there's yeah. nothing outright wrong with it, like, I was trying to think on it, like, why did I not like that section? Even though it was arguably out of the three plot lines that were going on in that centre act, it was the one with the most yeah. action in, it was the one that I got, it that's, was the one where when it, it felt like it was it, there for. It was the one I was least interested in. It was there f- so that the second act could have an yeah, action exactly. sequence yeah. in the horse yeah. chase, but it was the worst action sequence in the whole film. And... I think, as you said, with the middle, maybe not just the middle section for me, but I found the pacing was just off. Like, it was Mm. too fast. Too fast? Not the moments in the scenes. It was the cutting between them. Like, I never felt like I fully got settled into, like, I felt like it was just moments. And overall, I think it was too long, which I think is what you're you're Mm. going to go with. But yeah. I think you could have done the middle section with way less like cutting back and forth if you just did one concentrated sections of each. It should. My way of fixing the pacing. This is just my 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 fan the Harrison cut. <laughs> the fan edit would just be to have. Obviously, this, you couldn't just cut this. You'd have to. There'd be some rewriting. <laughs> okay, right. Like, the Harrison cut of the boots. No, I don't. Mean, but I just. Yeah. Finn and Rose's adventure. They still have an adventure, but they just go straight. To the dreadnought. Yeah. They just go straight to the dreadnought, and we intercut throughout the film to their adventure. Instead of what happens, basically, is they go to the dreadnought at the same time that Ray does. Right. And then all of their stuff happens at once with them sneaking around, getting caught, and then fighting Phasma. Have that stuff sprinkled throughout the film, mm. so there's a bit more, I don't know, progress being yeah. made periodically. You cut out all the fluff on the casino planet. Still keep some of the, the the bonding between those two. Just relocate it to that ship. Mm. And just, yeah, just sprinkle their little adventure throughout. Yeah. So that when it is a long period of Ray and Luke 
learning and whatnot. Yeah. We then cut back to to Finn and Rose on their little heist or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. Their, their little caper on the ship. That that's all. Just 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 trim that adventure down to the bit with them on the ship yeah. because that bit's fine. I don't think that they needed to split up them with Poe. I don't think that that was necessary. No. I think that they just they should have apart kept... from for Poe to learn his lesson. Yeah, but I think there's authority. a way that you can do that with him with them. Like there's an easy yeah. way for you to do that. And also, I'm you know I'm not one to get annoyed at plot points like a typical fan reaction mm. to the things. But I did not care for the hyperspace tracking argument. Yeah, and it's been a thing that everyone has said. Why don't you just do this? Why was why wasn't there just a spy? on the rebel ship that they then had to find that was giving their location away. Yeah. Like, Cause then it makes it a character. I, I, I think it also feels like a missed opportunity because we're now, we're now two thirds of the way through this trilogy. Mm. And Poe has felt consistently like underutilized or yes. sidelined. Yeah. Like, like this could have been an op- like they've not had any time. He's not had any time to have an adventure with Finn, even though they're supposed to be friends. Yeah. And this would have been a good opportunity for that, yeah, but instead we're now two out of three films through, and he's just sort of been left on his well, they're, own. They're meant to be best friends, but they've had what two minutes together? Yeah, just of scenes of them, and both times it's just it them did, hugging basically, and that's it. It does feel like a missed opportunity for all these because the original trilogy. I don't, wanna, I don't yeah, want to say yeah, that. Yeah, I want yeah. it more likely because the, then we're going in circles. But in the original trilogy, all those characters that are iconic. Spent time together, yeah, and then they did split up in Empire, yeah, but, but that was but, after having a whole film together. But, but but these characters have felt consistently separate from each other. Yes, definitely consistently. And it's a shame because they're good, good characters that you like. Yeah, the good characters that you like who have chemistry, but they they keep being mm. sent off on their own thing elsewhere to interact with the old characters that don't need to be there. Yeah, part of me would like to take like when Last Jedi comes like out on Blu-ray or whatever, like, take how long each of those moments are in that middle act and see how long they are compared to the middle act of Empire. Because in Empire, mm. it's it's not three stories. It's, it's only cutting between two stories. Two. But that's because it's it two puts stories. the two characters that didn't get much time together in the first one, they've put them together mm. in a storyline in the second one, and it's about them evading the Empire, kind of similar to how they're trying to get into the Empire in this one. But they have like long moments like they have them sitting in the belly of that space worm that's a yeah. relatively long scene like and moments yes and sure it cuts between the two but the bits with luke training felt like proper paced out scenes where they had a firm beginning middle and end mm. and with a lot of the stuff with luke and ray training i felt like it was just as just as i was getting into the scene it went back to something else that I just wasn't as mm. interested in. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think that's probably the main thing is it didn't need to be three lines of action. It could have just been. It two. could have been two and a better and streamlined got... second one. Yeah. yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty accurate. Um, and and then you cut out the casino, which would just be great for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Or um, just make it another but... planet, or just have the like maybe they have to break into another planet or or another ship. And again, for, for pacing reasons, they could also potentially arrive at the salt planet earlier yes yeah just moving their thing along and then still have ray's stuff the same all of ray's stuff i have no problem with the ray and kylo ren stuff keep it as it is just restructure the other stuff so that it moves faster and through some of those narrative lulls you can have exciting events like finn fighting phasma like them getting to the salt planet and like starting the siege 
Because the Ray and Kylo Ren stuff, I thought that was all great. Yeah. The Salt Planet stuff was just kind of like... It felt too much like, this is Final Showdown. To me, it was it was also the fact that they just got to this planet, and then they have to flee. Like, you, the obvious comparison is Hoth. But they actually, mm. there's the whole thing They're about they have to Hoth. rescue Luke in the beginning. So there's a bit of time yeah. there, and then there's the whole assault thing, and they have to flee. Here, they're just I, at the planet. A lot of people talk about Rogue One as having like a, a sort of bland opening and then it paying off by the end. And I would say that I felt like this last third was better than the last third of Rogue One. Like I felt more more excited by the Salt Planet stuff, by the Kylo Ren mm. and Rey stuff at the end of this than I did. Like it felt like any second act pacing problems were more than made up for, for me, mm. by all the stuff at the end. Which I thought was genuinely exciting and cool. From the Star Destroyer doing the silent crash through the other one, to the Knights of Ren lightsaber fight, to Luke getting blasted by all those lasers. I that stuff was all cool. My opinion on the third act will be the thing that probably changes most if I see it again. Because mm. once I find sometimes when a film kind of slightly loses me, I it find mm. I find it hard for it to win me back. With the second act stuff, I don't know. I, if I I think if I went into watching it again, aware of what I think the second act's gonna be like. I might enjoy yeah. the third act more. Is my yeah. That's def- I think that makes sense. I think I think if you know it's going to pay off more, if that, you know there's something the thing, to look forward yeah. to, because basically everything from Snoke onwards. Yeah, the, the moment they come into the throne room, that's for me. That's like the ending of the second act, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. From there, it's all good. And also, I was kind of thrown by the fact that they were suddenly now taking stuff from Jedi and putting it into this one because it's very obviously, mm. you know taking the same ending scene from the very end of Jedi and just doing it in mm. the middle one. bit in a good way, but I think, yeah, if I went in with clear expectations of it's going to pay off, like you said. Yeah. it, it Well, I think that definitely helped for me on the second viewing. It was a, a sense through the second act of like, don't worry. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be good eventually. Mm. But general positives, I still like all the new characters. I, yeah. still, I still like them. Even Finn, even though he's saddled with his crummy subplot, I still like him. Yeah, I still like um, it. It didn't make me dislike him. I just made me think, it, like you said, he could have been better utilised. I feel like Poe still hasn't been utilised. I feel like they didn't need to add Rose, but I didn't think that she was negative in any way. I just mm. think that they could have. I, I'd agree they didn't with that. have to add her. But in the same way, they didn't have to add Lando or whatever. I like I liked the change they made to Hooks, of making Hooks more deliberately ineffectual and yeah. pathetic. Yeah. I thought that was a good move. I loved the opening action scene. We didn't talk about that. The, you know, the opening with the magnetic bombs. Mm. That was really exciting. And that was like a, a perfect introduction. Because I know some people were expecting it to pick up right away with Ray and Luke. I kind and of, I thought yeah. it was per- the perfect way to open it was with that really exciting, cool action scene. The only thing that threw me from that action scene wasn't the action scene itself, but more the fact that you it was... You say the, the joke. No, I was going to say a tiny bit the joke. But was the fact that it was just the same planet that they came from. And part of me was kind of hoping that it would be like a bigger time gap to make it feel like more has happened in the time limit. Well, no, because the the idea is that it is, because it is literally starting, because Ray is still handing over that lightsaber. So it's literally right afterwards. And that yeah. was the thing that... So we have a title crawl that's like, this is what happened in those five yeah, seconds. Yeah, exactly. The title those. crawl feels completely useless because it's just like, yep, 
uh, well, they found where they are. They got, they're on their way. But the scene, it was just, I was kind of hoping for more of a time jump. Again, that's mm. what I'm used with to for Star Wars. And I might feel different again with the expectation of knowing that it's deliberately trying to go against what's been done before on the Star Wars. I still think Kylo Ren is one of the best villains that we have at the moment. Yeah. No, definitely. He's, he's cool and he's a character, not an MCU mess. <laughs> he doesn't want to conquer anything. He just wants to destroy things now, which is... Mm. I mean, when when I put it down to he just wants to destroy things, it sounds very basic, but it's more mm. the way that they've set it up is more interesting than anything like they have in any of the Marvel villains. And yeah. he wants he wants to destroy everything, but he wants to destroy it for a purpose because of how he feels about himself and how he feels about other people. Like it's it's very well grounded reasoning that feels legitimate and at the same time is interesting to watch. Yeah. Every step that they made for him. They improved his character by far. And he was always... I thought he was the best character in The Force Awakens yeah. and he developed into an even better character now. Yeah. And I thought Rey, of all of them, felt the most improved. Yes. I liked her in the first film. I did. I liked her. I thought she was she was a good protagonist because she was excited and that yeah. made you, by extension, excited as well because yeah. it was nice to sort of have someone who was eager to go on the adventure too. But, but she's developed even more and I think that her acting got better as well. Definitely. So yeah. all the characters are still great. It's just the the B plot that some of them were placed in and the the the, the stuff they were given to do wasn't necessarily always the best. No. Did you like the Porgs? I did. That's what it all comes down did. to. I liked the Porgs. But, I liked the, the thing, Porgs. Because uh, as you briefly mentioned it, I deliberately don't watch the trailers or anything like that. Yeah. I'd heard about, the only thing I heard about was Porgs. Before yeah. and I was seeing gifts of these things. I was seeing the toys. In my mm. mind, it was building to Ewok level amount of plot. Yeah. Involvement. I mean, I actually I don't mind the Ewoks. I, I don't mind the Ewoks. You know I like. Them. Yeah, exactly. But I was kind of thinking that they were a plot point because of how much build up. That was, that was the impression that I think a lot of people got because of that one shot in a trailer where one goes. Yeah. Ah! Everyone decided they were important. Yeah, exactly. They had a right level of focus in it in that they were just a thing that made that planet a bit more than just a lump of rock could you explain something to me another controversy that i don't understand why is people so upset by luke milking that cow um i see so many people going like oh we waited all these years to see luke milk a cow it's like it was a two second shot what is everyone so are they just looking for things to be mad about now what what was up with the cow i think it i think with the cow I liked it because it was. What is the it, problem? I feel like, if, can people in the comments, if if someone's upset about the cow, <laughs> I think I liked it because it made him upset about the cow. Hermit is what I liked. Someone tell it. me why they but hate think... the cow. Is it just because you waited so long for something epic that you built up in your head, and then it's dedicated a couple of seconds to him milking a cow, and you thought that was wasted screen time? Are you one of those? Yeah, no, I think that is genuinely what they think. I think it's because because the whole film was a disappointment, and they might mm. not. Every articulate everything that else epic. that they think about it. It's a, it's a very easy thing to point at and say that was stupid, because yeah. you could easily say it was a stupid thing to do. But I thought it was fine. Like I didn't think it was a waste of my time to watch him do that. <laughs> and I like I said, I, I think it's, it's yeah. If you, if, you, if you start to hate any film, then any seemingly innocuous moment can yes. be made yeah, to be exactly. a dumb moment taken out of context, like. Someone getting into a car, you're like, why am I watching yeah. this? Why am I watching them get into a car? Yeah. And and then it, yeah, every, you see everything, everything through a different become... lens, and it's yeah. I liked it. It was a it was a good good milking scene. It was in my top ten. 
<laughs> I also think part of it is that a lot of the people that point it out also kind of a bit repulsed by it, I think, is what part of yeah. it. And I think that they're trying to cover their disgust, their slight disgust by the fact that they just say, oh, I didn't like it, it was stupid. Yeah. Because I could feel like it made a, might have made a few people just uncomfortable. Did you did you feel like they they ruined Luke Skywalker and that all of the original trilogy is now is now dirt because of it? Yes. Okay, good. good. Well, I'm glad we agree on that. Characters can't change over time. They can't. The characters have to remain in a permanent stasis for yes, their exactly. entire lives. Yeah, they can't grow and in be between, exactly in, what they always in 60 were. Sixty years, they can't grow or evolve. <laughs> Nothing interesting can happen. Nothing can change. Everyone just stays. The I same. like that they go fully into the whole dark Luke thing, which I think would have been too easy. Mm. Uh, but I like that they mm. utilised that basically he's just he doesn't care. Okay, it's just that he just doesn't care about the Force anymore. And I think that it incorporated it nicely into he feels almost the exact same as the villain but in a different, more passive yeah. way. Yeah, well I liked, I, I, he made sense. It wasn't just like a, I, I give yeah. up because that's something for the trailers. Yeah. Like that part where he was explaining how it was arrogant for the Jedi to think that the Force is theirs. I mean, sense. Yes. It was. It was. It was all fully thought, and it, it was a good way of. When I say that I like the the I like the Force, and I think that it's a thing that you can expand on. With the Leia thing, I think that was a stupid expansion because it just felt silly. But the Luke thing mm. was still an expansion on the idea of the Force because it was him saying mm. like it was him, but it was him just talking about it. Like just talking about the power mm. as opposed to using it for some new special skill, which does happen later on. But I'm, I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about the whole force, my mental projection thing. But that that's why like that kind of well, development of the force I liked. And the idea of like Ray not having to choose light or dark, I kind of liked because mm. it was defying the duality of all the Star Wars stuff before. But at the same time, it was making it into something new and it was giving it more depth without trying to ruin the fun mm. of it. Did you, um, I think that this is a personal little thing. I think that the use of Yoda was probably the best use of any of the old characters yes. so far. It was the first time where an old character showed up and I did sort of smile yes. yeah. and go like, oh yeah, it's Yoda. Um, it helped that it was, as, as Red Letter Media called it, it was crazy Yoda, which is it's just the best Yoda yeah. is crazy asshole Yoda. I think that um, they also, I think that just going back to their review, they made a, a point basically saying like, it doesn't make sense because he was crazy Yoda. And then it proved that he was the smart Yoda. I just kind of thought that it was just that he, I was... think he liked being crazy Yoda. I think he yeah. enjoyed it being yeah, crazy Yoda. It's just, yeah. And it's not like, it's not like an act. It's just that he's hiding the other half. Exactly. Of yeah. That's what I, took I think it as. the yeah. crazy, the crazy asshole part is still yeah, him. Like, people can be, Different, like people don't have to be one way or another, the whole time. Overall, Crazy Yoda's good. Yoda, I like Crazy Yoda, and, and I, I think that and... he said that you know Luke, you're still not a fully developed character because I think when you see a character, <laughs> that was, that's what he said. He came into it. <laughs> Luke, you're not, you're not fully Luke. Luke you've still got a third act. Go. <laughs> no, but it was because I think when they bring back these old characters, they expect them to basically that's their character done. Like you said, that they want people to be in a stasis. Like Luke was now a Jedi Master. Yeah, they're finished and now. now. He's a Jedi Master for infinite until he dies or whatever. And mm -hmm. Leia is now Leia, and she will never change or grow or anything like that because she's an old character. She'll never fly. Yeah, <laughs> she'll never fly exactly. through space. And but I think that I don't know I liked that they 
that they still implied that he was still in many ways just the same character but had ways to develop anyway i liked him scene i don't understand the amount of hatred but i understand some of the reasoning behind things and i don't think it's perfect i i understand yeah i understand the reasons the hyperbolic overreaction i don't yeah the 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 get this stricken from canon reaction i don't understand well i do understand it's it's hyperbole hyperbole yeah, 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 blah. Yeah. Hyperbole as the result of years upon years of overhyping yes. that is just going to be a storm in a teacup that will last a couple of months and then they'll forget. And by the time Han Solo's out, it will be the worst thing that's ever happened. Yes. Yeah, Han Solo will be the worst Star Wars film ever made for the year that it's made in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then and then whatever's next mm. will be the worst. And they'll, they, they, it's, it's, it's a, an overreaction because, because of how close it is. And in a few months, they'll forget. Yeah. And move on to something else to be mad about. Mm. Ghostbusters might get mentioned again. <laughs> and... I have barely any time left on the recording, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, this is a 2017 wrap-up that will come up probably sometime in 2018, late into 2018. Probably around December Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. It will be a relic by that point. But thank you very much for listening, if you bothered <laughs> to. And, um... Well, if that's the case, you can look back and remember when everyone was upset about the last yeah, Jedi. Yeah, you, know, you can th- you can you'll, you'll you can listen, listen to, to the latest oh, reviews yeah, of they were. Han Solo, and you can look back in into the happy times when it was a different film that was hated. <laughs> yeah, shorter reviews on YouTube sometimes, even more rare these days, and podcast on all all the real opinions feed. Great, thank you very much for listening. Bye. Ah, oh. oh, Porg. Yeah, I love Porg. <laughs>